0: Good morning. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Taylor Tabernacle. For those of you who don't know, we are a Bible-based church located in West Philadelphia. Our pastor is Jonathan Ford. We would like to say hello to all of our church members and all of you who are joining us as guests today as we have a, a our Sunday of Hope program with Delta Chapter of Kappa Alpha Psi. We welcome all of you to enjoy this day, the day that the Lord has made. And we're happy that you have joined us this morning. Amen. Amen. Let us prepare our hearts and our minds to receive the word of God. I'm gonna open us up in prayer. I'm gonna read the scripture for us so that we can all make sure we are in the right frame of mind to glorify the Lord. Amen. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for bringing us to this day, the day that you have made, that you've kept us safe, you've protected us as we've had to deal with all the issues in this world. But you are our rock, and we know we can trust in you at all times, Christ Jesus. Lord, prepare our hearts and minds right now to receive your word. Prepare our ears that we would hear your word, our mind that we would understand it and soften our hearts, that you would write your word on the fleshly tables, that we would be strengthened this day, that our faith would be increased, and, Lord, that we would be empowered so that there are those that are dealing with stress and strife and loss and all kinds of things right now, we would have a ready word for them so that you would get the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, 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 everybody, amen. I'm going to read our scripture for this morning, and then I'm going to pass off the service. I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 7, verses 44 through 50, amen, amen. And the word of God reads, wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom, it, I'm sorry, let, let me step back. I, I apologize. I started at the wrong line. That is that is all my, I want to make sure I get the full word. So let, let's, let's start at 44. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little, and he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven, and they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman. Thy faith has saved me. Go in peace. Amen. Apologize, I started in the middle. You need to go back to the top, make sure we get the full word. At this point in time, we're going to turn the service over to Brother Hayes. He is a member of the Delta Eta chapter of Tapa Alpha Psi at the University of Pennsylvania, Of it's a citywide chapter. Amen. Let us have a blessed day. Thank you.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Douglas Hayes, and I'm the current poll mark, or in other words, president of the Delta Eta chapter of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. I'm also a current senior at the University of Pennsylvania studying finance. Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated is a historically black college Greek letter organization that was founded on the night of January 5th, 1911, on the campus of Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. Our motto is achievement in every field of human endeavor. For many years, our organization has been at the forefront of serving the community and leading at colleges and universities. The Delta Eta chapter of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity, Incorporated was founded on the night of February 11, 1952 on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania, right here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The charter is citywide and includes the University of Pennsylvania, Drexel University, Villanova University, LaSalle University, and Arcadia University. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is a organization that is dedicated to advancing cures and means of prevention for pediatric catastrophic diseases through research and treatment. Kappa Alpha Psi has a partnership with St. Jude's and Sunday of Hope is a program held by chapters around the nation to raise money for St. Jude's. Collectively, our fraternity has raised over $3 million for the organization, and we hope to continue raising more to assist St. Jude's in helping children around the world. I would like to thank the church for participating in this program with us and partnering with us for a number of years. For more information about the chapter, please visit DHNOOPS on all social media platforms, or you can also visit us at DHNOOPS.com. Now I'll pass it over to Pastor Ford for today's work. Thank you.
2: Well, good morning, Kellen Nation,
1: and let me start by first saying
2: thank you uh, to Brother Hayes. Uh, so glad that he has uh, was so gracious in being a part of our program on this uh, this Sunday morning. What a pleasure I've had over this past month dialoguing with him as we were planning and preparing and uh, also getting caught up on the chapter i just appreciate him being here uh, i appreciate him uh, for being such a, a man of integrity and doing some great work on the campus of the university of pennsylvania hey i also want to uh take this time to thank uh all of the kappa brothers that are on the line today uh thank you uh for being with us thank you for chiming in and not just uh, supporting me and the church, but also for supporting uh, Kappa Alpha Psi, Delta Eta, and also for St. Jude. Uh, one of the things that uh, Deacon Abrams will share that during our giving time, we're actually gonna raise an offering not only for St. Jude, but also for the Delta Eta chapter of Kappa Alpha Psi. And you will have a direct impact uh, on the lives and matriculations of young black men on campuses all around our city here in Philadelphia. So welcome again. Thank you again. Uh, I appreciate you being here. Amen. So today uh, we're going to conclude our service on uh, our series on communion. You know, since the beginning of the year, the very first Sunday, I've been teaching a series of messages on and or about communion. This Sunday, I want to bring it to uh, a a conclusion, uh, if you will, uh, as a precursor uh, to next Sunday when we'll actually be back in the sanctuary and have an opportunity to celebrate communion together again in the house of the Lord. So with that being said, uh, I'm going to invite you to turn with me uh to the Gospel of St. John. It's going to be the 13th chapter, and we're going to read uh, a familiar passage of Scripture, verses 1 through 17, uh, which is an episode uh, regarding uh, Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. And we're also going to add to the witness out of the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 20, verse 27 and 28. So I'll just give you a moment. If you have your Bible, uh, whatever translation you might have, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James translation. So I invite you to turn there with me. Uh, if you have your uh, Bible app. i going to invite you to turn there. Again, St. John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, and we'll add to the witness out of the Gospel of St. Matthew. Okay, So there you'll find this this story. It says now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come and that he should depart from this world to the father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God, and that he uh, was going to God, he rose from supper and laid aside his garments. He took a towel and he girded himself. After this, and what he's referring to is his death on the cross. And Jesus answered, um, verse 8, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. And therefore, he said, you are not all clean. And so when he had washed their feet, and taken his garments, he sat down again. And he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, A servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. May God bless and consecrate his word to our hearts. Come on, let's add to the witness out of the Gospel of St. Matthew. Just flip back a couple books, staying in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 20, verses 27 and 28, Jesus said these words, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave or servant, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. May the Lord bless and consecrate his word again to our hearts. Shall we bow for a word of prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed and holy is your name. What a privilege it is today to be alive, to awake to another miracle that you have performed in this world. Thank you for the rising of the sun. Thank you that we can see its brilliant light and that we can behold the great handiwork of God himself. Thank you that we have life in our bodies. Thank you that our spirit is quickened and alive and recognizes the power and presence of God both living inside us and dwelling in the world at large. We thank you for this hour of worship, this time of fellowship. That we can gather from around the world using this virtual platform to hunker and to center our attention on the word of God. That we may give more earnest heed to the things of God. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, to superintend our time together. We pray that you would open our eyes and that you would uh, unlock our ears and that you would open our hearts to receive the Word of God. Help us to see those things that have been hidden. Help us to realize the spiritual truth, hallelujah, and the glory and greatness and power in the Word of God. We thank you for it because your Word gives light and it gives light. And so we invite you now, Holy Spirit, enter us to every person's heart, every home, every household and do anything you're about to do. In Jesus' name, I invite children of God everywhere to say amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank God. We thank God. As I said, we've been preaching on communion uh, all month long, the past two months, since the beginning of the year. I just want to say once again how excited I am over the response that you have shown to this series of messages. As I said, that is always an indication to me whether or not the Holy Spirit has been going in the right direction for the body of Christ. And so this Sunday, I just wanna talk from the subject, communion is not over until you serve, okay? Communion, coming around the Lord's table, the breaking of bread, the drinking of the wine, it's not over until you serve. A quick reading of John chapter 13 shows that the episode of foot washing is turned in two directions. On the one hand, it is symbolic of spiritual cleansing as pictured in verses 8 through 10. Yet on the other hand, it serves as a standard of humble service and is therefore a call to all of Jesus' disciples to take up the responsibility to wash one another's feet and in so doing follow the example set by Christ himself. I'm just going to reread those first couple of verses because I really, I'm just, I'm going to work out of that. I don't even know if I'll get to the rest of it. It says, now before the Feast of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come and that he should depart from this world uh to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, the text said he loved them to the very end. The supper being ended, the devil have already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot. Simon's sons to betray him, and Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going to God, verse 4 says he rose from supper. He laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Now, some theologians debate whether this particular night or this particular meal was the actual Passover meal which Jesus ate with his his disciples or possibly a meal prior to the Passover. And while that point may be uh, debated by theologians and scholars, what is not disputed is the supreme significance of what Jesus did on this very occasion. The dusty and dirty conditions of the region surrounding Jerusalem necessitated the need for foot washing. And although the disciples most likely would have been happy to wash Jesus' feet, I think it's safe to say that they would not have conceived and did not conceive of washing one another's feet. Because in biblical times, foot washing was reserved for the lowest of menial servants, i.e. it was left to the lowest guy on the totem pole. Luke chapter 22 and verse 24 points out that during this time of the meal, The disciples were actually arguing about who is the greatest among them, so that none of them were willing to think about, much less even consider doing the job of stooping down and washing somebody else's feet. So there you have it on the night of this meal. Dinner has been served. The conversation is going and debate has uh, spark up among the disciples as it often did. Who is the greatest among us? Uh, and in the midst of this conversation, there you have Jesus standing up as the scripture says. Uh, and if he were to stand, they, the conversation probably got quiet as the disciples expected him to say something profound, expected him, uh, to uh, possibly pray for them, possibly settle the dispute uh, and say and identify who in fact was greatest. But in fact, Jesus stu- stood but said nothing because his next sermon, his next uh, TikTok video for his disciples would not be a verbal message, but would be a live uh, streamed demonstration. And the Bible says after he stood, he laid aside his garments, garments appropriate for the master, the teacher to wear. And not only after he laid aside his garment, uh, John tells us that then he took a towel and girded himself. And I can imagine the disciples looking and saying, what is Jesus up to now? Not only does he lay aside his garment, but he takes up a towel, and not only does he takes the towel, but it says he begins to gird or to wrap it around himself. And not only has the conversation at the dinner table gone quiet, but now every eye is fixed, fixed only on Jesus Christ as he begins to wrap this towel around himself. And not only has now has he girded himself, but the Bible says now that he took a basin. Yes, he he a basin that was put off to the side and that everybody else thought uh was for somebody else. Jesus said, No, the basin is for me. And not only did he take the basin, but the text said he poured water into the basin. And they began to look and uh with astonishment and to begin to watch the movements of Jesus. That now, as he had girded himself with a towel and had now poured water into a basin, now he did something that they were not even expecting. The Bible says he stooped down to the ground. If I was in my church back at back at Tela, I'd get down on my knees and show you that he he stooped down, that he couldn't wash their feet. Standing up, he couldn't wash their feet by being over them. But the only way he could wash the disciples' feet is that he had to stoop down. And so here it is: Jesus stooping down. And so, can you imagine the the, the scene? The episode is Jesus crawls on his knees, going from one disciple to the next disciple and washing their feet, getting down and washing off mud and dirt, and uh, some had stepped in a, 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 a dog poop and dunk, uh, and dog, donkey dung. And here, Jesus, uh, the Son of God, is stooping down, washing and wiping, not clean feet, not manicured feet, but feet that were dirty and disgusting, but yet Christ, humbled himself, going around the table, washing James and John. Then he would take the bowl and come and wash uh, Andrew and Philip. And then he would move to another section. And there he would wash uh, Jude and James the less. And then he would wash Simon uh, the zealot, as well as Simon. Peter, and oh yes, he also washed the feet of Judas the betrayer, the very one that had set in motion the plot to have him crucified. Yet Christ humbled himself and served, and he washed the feet of one called Judas, its uh, oh, I'm glad that Jesus uh, didn't think too highly of himself uh, to stoop down and watch his disciples teach him. Can you imagine? Uh, Can you just picture the look uh, on the face of these 12 guys uh, as they argued uh, who was the greatest? Uh, There was no dispute. uh, There was no argument uh, who the real goat was. Uh, His name was Jesus. Uh, They were arguing about second place. Uh, They were arguing about being a runner-up, because there was no doubt that Jesus Christ was, is, and forever shall be the greatest of all time. But when he stood down and began to wash their feet one by one shocked and amazed as they looked at Jesus not saying a word not preaching a sermon but washing feet he did more with his actions than he did with his word and I don't know about you but I'm glad that he washed not only the disciples feet but he also washes the feet of all those uh, that believe uh, in his name Uh, somebody in my church uh, shout yes here it is he's watching the feet the disciples are shocked Uh, they are aghast Uh, what in the world Is Jesus doing him? And like I told you, I'm glad he washes our feet. Because in washing, it is symbolic of his washing away the stain and scourge of sin in our lives. On that night, he washed away dirt, dung, debris, stones pebbles, uh, sand uh, all kinds of stuff that was stuck onto their feet uh, stuck between their toes uh, and it was all symbolic uh, of what he would do um, in just another night uh, up on Calvary Cross uh, where he would stretch wide uh, and offer up his body as the true Lamb of God and wash away my sin he washed, not with water, but with his own blood, the sin, hallelujah, God, Lord, I thank you for washing away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, Ezekiel picks it up, Ezekiel 36, 25, Jesus, this is what it says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean, and I will cleanse you from all of your filthiness. Wherever you are this Sunday, find somebody in your house and just tell them, I thank God for the water, and I thank him. For the washing. Because if it had not been for Jesus. Where would I be? My sins would remain. But thank God. He washed my sins away. Somebody shout yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. If they ain't up in my house. They ain't up now. Good God I feel the anointing. But get this church. Not only did he wash, but I'm glad he also wiped. Oh my goodness. I thank him for the water and for the washing. But I also thank him for wiping. Hallelujah. He wiped it all away. Because, hallelujah, he took the towel with which he was girded, and while down on his knees, he washed, then he wiped all of the dirt, all of the debris, all of the the, 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 the manure, he wiped it all of away way, so that my feet, they looked brand new. Hallelujah to God. Micah 7.19 says, and he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. Get this church. You will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. I'm glad I got a cow this morning. I'm not washing my feet. I'm wiping the sweat out of my eyes so I can read my sermon. Psalms 103.10 says, He has not dealt with us according to our sins. No, He hasn't. Nor punished us according to our iniquities. We didn't get what we deserved. For as heaven, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy towards those that fear Him. Verse 12, get this. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has our God removed our transgressions from among us. Look at somebody and just say, thank God for the time. I thanked him for the water and I praised him for the washing. But I also want to thank him that he had a time, and he wiped, and he wiped all of my sins away. You may not forget what I've done. You may never allow me to forget my past. But thanks be unto God who, hallelujah, has wiped away all of my sins. And cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. And now I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have been wiped away. And now all things are new in Christ. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. 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 I thank God for the towel. Hallelujah. I thank him for the water and the washing. And I thank him for the towel and the wiping. Here, let me just give you this. Verse 6 and 7, let me give you this. Verse 6 says, and Then he comes to our friend Simon Peter. Oh, bless God. Every church needs a Simon Peter. Come to Simon Peter. Now, the other guys won't say nothing. But if you know Peter, Peter's always going to say something. He just can't let it rest. He's got to say something. So Peter says to Jesus, Lord, are you washing my feet? Peter says to him, let me help you with it. He says, Jesus, what are you doing? What what, what, what are you doing, man? Why are you kneeling down in front of me and washing my feet? So Jesus said to him, he said, Peter, what I am doing, you do not understand now. He said, but you will know after this Peter didn't know James and John didn't understand Andrew and Bartholomew they didn't get it James and Judas they didn't no clue Jude and Matthew the tax collectors Simon doubting no, nobody had a clue what Jesus was doing but yet Jesus said you will understand it after this. And as I said in the opening reading, what he was referring to was his impending death and resurrection. So much of what Jesus taught the disciples, they couldn't embrace it at the time of his teaching because Christ had not gone to the cross. Even though he kept telling them he was going to Jerusalem, and that he was going to be turned over to the chief priests and scribes, and that, in fact, he was to be crucified, but gave them hope and said, but in three days I'll rise again. None of this has happened, and so to a certain degree it's just come in one ear and out of the other, even as this uh, uh, this example or pattern that he gives us of foot washing was also lost on the disciples, and so here, here, here's the here's the message, church. Is, is the example of Jesus Christ also lost or misunderstood by his disciples today? That, that's the real question. That, that's the sermon. Do do we, uh, Peter and James and those those guys have already gone on, but we that remain. We that are present days disciples of Jesus Christ, do we understand the significance of feet washing? Do we understand the importance of washing one another's feet? Do we understand the significance of coming to church with a towel and wiping away the dirt and the dung in the lives of others? Or could it be, watch this that we are still moving forward in a state of ignorance, a state of misunderstanding. Look what Jesus says down in verse 14. He said, if I, now being your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, he said you also ought to wash one another's feet. He said, what I have done is not a stand-alone, one-time event. But he said, I give it to you as both an example and a pattern that you should model your life after this. And the example is that you are to wash one another's feet. And by washing feet, we're not merely talking about the physical or natural act of washing one another's feet, but really what we're talking about is serving one another. When we added to the witness out of the gospel of St. Matthew, Jesus said, the Son of Man has not come to be served, but rather he has come that he might serve. And his greatest example of service is that he gave his life as a ransom for many. He gave his life for you. He gave his life for me. He gave his life for anyone that will believe in his name and by faith accept him into their lives. And who will then commit to following his example and wash one another's feet by serving the body of christ now here it is i'm finished with it my message to the viewing audience is this communion is not over until you serve the body of christ now can you imagine how much stronger the body of christ would be if more believers and more disciples committed themselves to serving one another. Can you imagine how much more our churches could do if all of its membership would commit themselves to serving one another? How much further Could the reach of the church go? Uh, How much more impactful could the ministry of the body of Christ be uh, if everybody was committed to serving uh, somebody uh, in the body? Uh, No longer should we come to church uh, expecting somebody to serve us. Uh, How about uh, every time we come to the house, uh, we come bringing water. we come bringing a towel uh, and say, Holy Spirit, uh, show me somebody uh, who I can serve today. Uh, show me somebody uh, in my own family. Uh, Show me somebody uh, in my own church, uh, somebody in my neighborhood uh, who I can serve, uh, who I can bless. uh, Out of the storehouse uh, God has given me, uh, let me, Holy Spirit, uh, be a blessing. to somebody else give me an attitude I'm not wanting to be served but wanting to serve somebody this is our job and communion is not over until you and I take up the responsibility of serving somebody else so the next time you come to the Lord's table Uh, The next time you take up the bread, uh, the next time uh, you take up the juice, Uh, just remember uh, communion uh, is not over uh, until you get up from the table uh, and get down uh, on your knees. uh, Take off your garment cap. Put on a towel and began to wash the feet of the other disciples. Communion is not over until we bless the children at St. Jude Hospital. Communion is not over. Hallelujah. that he was being betrayed not only did he take bread and wine oh but thanks be to God and I'm glad for the bread and wine because that's what Jesus he was the only one that could offer his body the only one that had acceptable blood and that's what Jesus did but he gives the water and he gives the towel To you and I so that we can serve one another and remember his example of washing the disciples' feet. And so Taylor, with this sermon I conclude our series and all that we have said and done regarding communion in the Lord's table. I just want to remind you, communion is not over. Oh, my God, you're not even close until you wash one another's feet. Taylor Nation, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. And may he abide in your heart forever until we meet again. The service is now in the hands of our deacon Aaron Abrams. God bless you, Taylor.
3: god bless you taylor wonderful wonderful message by our pastor pastor jonathan ford and again welcome taylor family welcome taylor friends welcome all of taylor nation at this time we gather to worship through giving this morning you may give through one of three ways including text to give online giving through our website or by using the Postal Mail Service. This Sunday, we're asking everyone to donate to the Kappa St. Jude Hospital. The church will be donating to St. Jude Hospital and Kappa Alpha Psi Delta Eta chapter this morning to support young black men on the campuses of Penn, Drexel, Villanova, St. Joe's, and LaSalle. So to give by text message, please text the code Taylor61 to the phone number 73256, and you will receive a link and instructions. To get through our website, please go to taylortabernacle.com forward slash giving and follow the instructions. And to give by U.S. mail, please send the check or money order to Taylor Tabernacle, P.O. Box 6309, Philadelphia, PA, 19139. And in addition, you will be provided with a link where you can donate directly to St. Jude and the Delta Eta chapter of Kappa Alpha Psi will get the credit for those donations. And also when you give using our link and our website, just include a note on the memo line that says, Donation for St. Jude Kappa Sunday, and we will make sure that those donations and funds will be earmarked for St. Jude as well. Again, we thank you for your continued support of our ministry and we congratulate the Brothers of Delta Chapter and Kappa Alpha Phi for St. Jude Sunday. And we will move right along into our announcements. And as we get closer to reopening the church, when you decide to join us for in-person worship, please take your temperature before leaving home and bring a mask to wear. If you or someone in your family has had contact with anyone who has the COVID-19 virus, we encourage you to please stay home. In addition, the church van service is, is suspended until further notice. Please keep this in mind so you can plan your transportation accordingly. It is with sorrow that we announce the passing of our brother Ronald Radcliffe Jr, aka Winky. Please keep the Radcliffe's and the Lions family in prayer. Funeral details will be forthcoming. On March 2nd, please join us for Ash Wednesday in the beginning of the Lent season via Google Meets at 7 p.m. Please join us Wednesday night for the Lent season as the women will be leading us for prayer and bible study for the month of march again that is at 7 and it will go through 8 30 p.m and again that will be via our google meet uh, chat line join us on march 6 as we reopen the church for in-person worship the pastor and the first lady are asking you to come for communion And please keep in mind the series that our pastor has taught us on communion. And please be prepared to take communion in a worthy manner. On March 27th, we will have a guest preacher, Bishop Doris Ford, from Cathedral of Faith. And also, at the tabernacle, we always support our youth. And it is time for Girl Scout cookies. Our sisters Zoe and Zaya are trying to get into the 500 Club together. Together they have to sell 800 boxes to get in and they are halfway there. So please share our cookie links with friends and family. Donations count as well. Thank you again and enjoy your cookies. Please subscribe and stay informed uh, and contact the church. Our contact information should be on the screen. Um, if you're not receiving our emails, please send us your link and we will add you to our list. As always, we thank you for the time that you have spent with the Taylor Tabernacle Friends and Family. These conclude our announcements. And we ask that you govern yourselves accordingly.
2: Well, uh, God bless you. And thank you again, Taylor Nation. I want to uh, thank uh, all of the brothers of Kappa Alpha Psi, Not only those that are joining us uh, remotely and virtually today. Thank God for you being here with us. I also want to thank those that serve here at Taylor Tabernacle with me. I want to thank our Reverend uh, John Curitan, uh who's actually uh, the head of our AV and is uh, assisting us on the live stream today. I want to thank uh, Deacon uh, Todd McCoy and Deacon Aaron Abrams, you've seen on the broadcast. They serve on our diaconate and uh, really help keep the ministry moving forward. We thank God uh, for them. Uh, we also thank God for Brother Akeem Franklin, uh, who's always uh, supporting us and encouraging. Uh, he's also made us aware of the Kappa scholarship that's being made available out of Norristown alumni. So for all of our uh, seniors, uh, we want to be sure to get that information into your hands. Uh, but I just thank God for all, all the men of Kappa uh, who are supporting this ministry. Uh, I really, really Appreciate your help and support, uh, over the years. Uh, so thank God for you. Like I said, thank God for all of you that have joined us today. Uh, I do want to, uh, just reiterate, just to say, uh, regarding the passing of, uh, Ronald Ratcliffe, uh, Jr., uh, more information will be forthcoming regarding, uh, his funeral service. So just ask that you be patient. As uh, preparations uh, are made, as uh, soon as everything is um, prepared, we will make that information known. So just we will get that out to you. I know some have already been asking, but just be patient. We'll get that out to you. But while you're being patient, Lord knows, pray for the Radcliffe family. Reverend Radcliffe, uh, Mother Radcliffe, let's pray uh, specifically for them. It's never a good thing. When parents lose a child. So let's keep them in prayer. Let's remember the Lyons family. Uh, Deaconess, uh, Kamala Lyons, uh, was, uh, his sister. So let's pray for the Lyons family. Pray for the entire family. Let's pray for Sister Zakia uh, and her family just lost her grandmother in the weeks preceding. And so, uh, so many of us, uh, have lost loved ones. Uh, over this past year. So let's keep prayer on board. That's why it's so important. I'm looking for you this Wednesday. We're going to be celebrating our Ash Wednesday uh, service online, but I'm looking for you to be out there uh, because we have much to be prayerful about and to be thankful for. Uh, so I just wanted to mention that. Uh, and again, thank you for your participation. Hey, as I indicated on last Sunday, and I'm so glad that we're sticking to it. We're ending just a little bit early. Because this example of feet washing uh, is something that we typically do annually when we meet during Holy Week. Uh, on the night of Marley Thursday, when we celebrate communion, uh, representing uh, the Passover, which Jesus celebrated with his disciples, uh, he washed their feet. And so we wanted to create an opportunity. We weren't able to do it last year. We weren't able to do it the year before. And so I just wanted to create an opportunity that today, now at the conclusion of our service, I'm asking every family, every household, that if you would just take a couple, minutes, a couple minutes now at the conclusion of service, immediately following the benediction, and just get you a basin with water, grab you a towel, sit out in the living room or in the kitchen wherever you want. And I want everybody to take a turn washing somebody's feet in your house. Would you do that for us? I know you say, hey, Pastor, I know no one knows, no one no, no. It's just a symbolic gesture and just a simple step we can take to help us remember that communion's not over until you wash one another's feet. So I'm going to offer up this benediction, and then immediately following the benediction, I'm asking you to gather your family, basin in a water, bring a towel, two if you need it, and just wash one another's feet. And in so doing, remember the example given to us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, with, with that being said, all hearts and minds clear, Father in heaven, we look to you again. We thank you for these foods. Few fleeting moments that we have had together. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Be with us now, even as we depart this platform and we depart this time of worship. Be with us as we wash one another's feet symbolically, but also be with us as we recommit ourselves to serving one another. This is our prayer. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior, all of God's people everywhere, say amen. God bless you, Taylor Nation. Be blessed. My goodness, I can't wait for next Sunday. We'll be back in the church. Wear your mask. Come back. Let's fellowship again. Let's celebrate communion. Finally, finally, back in the house of God. God bless you, Taylor. Be blessed.